Hello, 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 guys. Welcome to this new edition of Mind Podcast. This is Adit Kapadia coming to you on yet another day, uh, yet another weekend, a very cold one, uh, in uh, uh, a very cold morning from Houston. But I, to to spice things up and uh, and have a very heated discussion on topics of this week, I have with me Nikhil Mehra, who is a lawyer based in India, columnist, uh, a fantastic uh, perspective, who lends fantastic perspective on a lot of issues that you and I uh, discuss in the week and he is with me to talk this dissect disseminate and i hope piss off a lot of people when we have discussion <laughs> so welcome to my podcast nikhil thank you so much for having me arif it's an absolute pleasure ha so i i i always main ek cheez sikha hu like you know lawyer engineer we are our professionals i should always introduce you as a public intellectual because that's no. <laughs> the reason you already made an error in my introduction the one thing that ups, that makes my parents and everyone around me very upset is that i'm not yet a columnist Achha, i don't like to write on any of these things huh. i don't know i i use twitter as my amplification platform and i do long threads from time to time and i what i don't do is you know say something and then just sit back and say bus i have said it i yeah. don't i enter i i engage with whatever interactions i get yeah, absolutely absolutely you know, no I, i should have said writer mere dimag mein tha par columnist kya hai mera bhi default andar se nikal jata hai is a is there's a better word in bangla it's called bakcho <laughs> so well there you go the, the the contours of this discussion have been yeah, 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 no, no, I, and 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 intellectualism you have to understand the cradle of all intellectualism in india is bengal ah. there is nothing else so even when so when they say bakcho they mean it in the sense of yes in the way in which karl marx was oh, I, i thought you said in the way the te- daily telegraph is in the, the daily telegraph is uh, by the way i i'm telling you one thing uh, i really enjoy their headlines i mean they try hard and they come yeah. up with some crackers absolute crackers they've got a sense of humor about it it's just what i don't like is this pretense that every time you come up with such a headline some yeah. government official is about to bear down on you with stick so nobody cares man i mean really nobody yeah. cares yeah no and i think that's their problem because they actually want the government to care they like koi to dekho hume this is a problem i see across a lot of argument platforms where whichever side it may be hmm. they can't seem to make a persuasive case even in their own minds without an element of persecution to it mm-hmm. right so until and unless they can establish some element of persecution mm-hmm. they can't have persuasion yeah and this i mean i've never grown up in this you know i've never grown up in this persuasion used to come from statistics from data from projection from maybe a larger belief in certain principles so mm-hmm. you are willing to discard some amount of data for a larger sort of uh, notion of liberty maybe whatever it may be persuasion is to come from these higher ideals persuasion now seems to be purely from persecution and then it's just a race to the bottom i am hurt more i am offended more i am there for only my and only my wishes should be accommodated yeah. in any public response yeah, yeah no, unfortunately it's it's a it's a bad way to go no absolutely and it's a slippery slope right and actually you and i we, we when we were talking about it so uh, i'll i'll go over the topics we're going to talk about and this is going to be a very free willing discussion so we might slip in and slip out of topics <laughs> at at free will but basically we'll we'll talk a little bit about this whole um, 
क्रिकेट थिंग दैट हैज हैपेंड अवे कि सडनली सचिन तेंदुलकर इज पब्लिक एनिमी नंबर 1 ऑन वन साइड ऑफ द पॉलिटिकल डिस्कोर्स देन वी टॉक अ लिटिल बिट अबाउट द होल दिशा रवि थिंग एंड देन ऑल्सो द राइट नाउ द केस इज नॉट क्लियर एवरी अदर न्यूज़ यू नो देयर हैज बीन द रिंकू शर्मा केस एंड स्टफ बट अगेन वी आर वेटिंग फॉर द फैक्ट्स ऑफ द केस सो वी आर नॉट गोइंग टू गो इनटू द डिटेल्स एंड यू नो द डेप्थ्स ऑफ द केस बट यू नो बेसिकली जस्ट द कवरेज एंड स्टफ बट आई विल स्टार्ट द फर्स्ट थिंग विद द सचिन तेंदुलकर थिंग एंड I saw your thread. It's a fantastic thread, and I want you to talk like probably for twenty seconds on it. I'll just give the background to our listeners and viewers about it before I come to you, Nikhil. Is basically there was this targeting of Tendulkar after he said what he did about the farmers' protest, and then this Vasim Jafar controversy erupted, where there was allegations made that Vasim Jafar was somehow communalizing the dressing room or something. I'm just summarizing it, and Vasim Jafar came out. um and said that i'm not doing this anil kumble said spoke in his defense and now the left was that why does hell the sachin tendulkar doesn't mean or it seems like wo jo farm laws pe bola tha aur tab ka gussa tha wo sara vasim jafar mein aa gaya and you had mukul kesavan ram guha prem panikar all of them saying and then you wrote a terrific thread so yeah uh, so uh, amongst my top 3 favorite twitter handles anywhere in the world is prem panikar particularly when it is going on i engage with prem all the time i met him many times he's a I mean, he's just—he's a gem. He's an absolute gem. So I woke up in the morning. I sort of sat around. I then I logged on to Twitter for a bit after a while, and I saw this quote tweet that he had done of Mukul Kesavan's article. Mm. And that's it. I was off and running, man. This—this this rubbish I'm not going to take anymore because, yeah. uh, you know, there are there are many 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 layers. There's one element of this which I didn't actually. So the thread is there, and people can read the thread for themselves. So let me let me cover elements of this that I thought of, or I didn't cover in the thread, or that I thought of subsequently. But when you go after the likes of a Tendulkar, Lata Mangeshkar, these kinds of persons, hmm. often the language is about their Brahminic background, hmm. or about their middle class background. But largely speaking, the element that to me emerges is that you want to hurt our icons, our iconic symbols. It, it's it's hmm. about A, a very distasteful and exten- distasteful extension of that same sort of civilizational battle which the left and the right team mm. fighting, right? So your mm. icons always have to be brought down and altered. Uh, mm. But these are the kind of themes in which I generally don't like to think. I like to think, deal with the specific because I, I always feel that if you keep hitting the specific properly, you will obviously you will eventually arrive at a higher quality of the general principle. Mm. Uh, and to the specific. I, I just didn't get what Tendulkar is supposed to say and what he's supposed to do here. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it. I, yeah. Look, you don't respond to a set of specific allegations with a general pat on the back. It right. doesn't work like that, right? Mm-hmm. I and let me be clear about this. Before this whole thread had come out, for the preceding day or so, when this Vasim Jaffa controversy had broken, I also found the whole set of allegations against him to be appalling, mm-hmm. and I retweeted a lot of stuff in support of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and i had also said that others need to speak out yeah in relation to him right but speak out with specifics please come out and say i have played with wasim jafar and never had this issue hmm. i have been coached by wasim jafar and never had this issue yeah or i have played in uttarakhand around where he's been coaching and i've hmm. never had heard of this issue hmm. right this general he is a great listen wasim jafar is by objective statistical criteria the greatest domestic batsman in india's history yeah you know the highest number of ranji runs irani runs dulip runs hmm. 
that's that's an incredible record he's what rajinder goel was for bowlers in the 80s and 90s better wasim jafar would have had a fairly sustained international career as well except we went in a different direction which was sehwag right right yeah. and wasim and jafar did have a problem that when it was when he was up against high quality pace and fast wickets he used to get caught on the walk quite a bit right so he's just on the walk before the ball arrives and he gets an outside edge or gets bowled quite a bit. Yeah. But when he was on, he he had all of it. It was gorgeous batsmanship first. Yeah. It was so elegant, and uh, he could pile on runs. I mean, he's got double hundreds in Test cricket. That's not a small thing. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, so with Tendulkar, what I don't understand is you want him on everything. You want him on every single thing, yeah. and you want him to say only what you want him to say. Yeah. Even That's in relation the to the farm laws, when he comes. When he comes out and says something, he does not say anything about the merits of farm laws or the farm protests one direction or the other. His tweet was limited to reasserting India's sovereignty over issues that pertain to its domestic legislation and its domestic ag- agrarian agrarian uh, sector, right? Without using even those words, because even those words are possibly beyond his remit. He doesn't want to engage in stuff that is beyond his remit. Yeah. what you want is everybody should be a colin kaepernick kind of kind of character yeah but without recognizing that maybe everybody in india doesn't look at systemic injustice the way in which a black athlete is bound to look at systemic injustice in relation to race in the us because it's a completely different history yeah it stems from this this disease that runs through even indian academia i see it in indian law i see it in indian supreme court judgments by indian supreme court judges at times mm. which is the cookie cutting of western academic solutions into the indian context the indian activist the, yeah yeah the, the the so there is no originality of thought there right yeah. you were, somebody in yale or somebody in in berkeley has come up with an idea and you want to just cookie cut it and place it into an indian context mm. and then decide the characters okay so if they are black some day the persecution of the, and this comes back to something you were discussing before the podcast started that yeah. everybody nowadays only seems to be able to create persuasion for their argument by first adopting that they are the most persecuted person so yeah. persecution equal to persuasion right and so what happens is when they when they cookie cut this they will say oh the way blacks are treated in america let's just say for our particular context that's dalits all right and then when the context changes oh but that will be muslims now hmm. oh but that will be christians now hmm. right and when you go smaller oh, okay in the his farm laws that seeks now right so it's this cookie cutter mentality that makes them want also why don't our athletes rise to this level your athletes have risen to many many levels hmm. Hmm. right and they've risen to the levels that they wish to rise to and they don't do more than this yes i mean Uh, I mean, when while we're on Tendulkar, right? I'd also raise the issue of Dravid. People are telling me why you're throwing shade on Dravid. I wasn't throwing shade on Dravid. I was showing, I was throwing shade on the hypocrisy of the people who want commentary. Yeah, they never went to Dravid. Dravid is for the purpose of discussing their relative merits as Test match batsmen. Dravid is a legend. Dravid is the greatest. He's not Tendulkar the greatest. That's clear. Yeah. From, but when it comes to these comments that need to be made, but. Rahul doesn't have the stature Sachin possesses. Sachin should be the one speaking. What is this hypocrisy? Yeah. Rahul Dravid is doing exactly what he should be doing and what he wishes to be doing, and we should all be eternally grateful for the man that he is and for the work he's doing for young cricketers in our country. He's an incredible, incredible person. 
right yes. and he in that in that incredible career and life that he's lived believe me you can see the man has gained more wisdom than the rest of us combined because he knows what muck to get into and what not to get he is actually die. and the best thing he's done is he's gone off twitter right so now whatever yeah, people... and I, I, he's saintly at a certain level i mean these guys are you know that team when they used to play there was something that justin langer used to say about them so, you know and i love the high pitched voice that comes from justin langer in, in interviews with somebody <laughs> i got tendulkar dravid luck they like monks that's what he used yeah. to say like they're like monks they they get into this frame of mind and then you can you can abuse them you can do whatever you want you just can't reach them they're in there somewhere yeah they they are in the world they i mean they are they this is how they played the game this is the kind of people that they are not everybody is obligated to be outspoken hmm. right and certainly not everybody is obligated to be outspoken on the issues you choose in the manner in which you choose absolutely not just that and and if you want that they only talk about issues that you care about in the context you care about right then 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 you, how how the hell is that free speech i mean if you if you want to quote voltaire every 5 minutes and want people here they're saying whatever they want to or stay choosing so it's not so much a free speech issue because it doesn't involve the state it's a discretion issue it's a liberty issue but i'll tell you what what no, gets no, no 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 i'll just to round off this particular specification because i know there are other topics you want to cover mm. if you want to actually address and this is what i've been trying to do with people who have engaged with on this thread mm. if you want to actually address what's happened with asim jafar you're pointing the gun in the wrong direction the gun has to be turned to the bcci they can't take the wasim jafar resignation as the end of the issue yeah they need to figure out what actually happened here yeah and they right? need to be an investigative report like a proper because, investigative because, report and i can't also go into from these various merits demerits and what what you're seeing on social media can't really determine something you know my heart is in jafar's favor i i really i, I do rate the man incredibly and it's it's very sad his nephew was going to be the next big thing arman jafar it just doesn't hasn't yeah. seemed to push his game along to that to that extent as yet but uh, you know even in his reply wasim jafar says i never invited the molvi to the team meeting or to address the team so a molvi yeah. did come to the team exactly why we don't know right yeah. i'm not saying that this makes an allegation true against him or untrue against him yeah. but there's something to figure out here because you know as a lawyer let me tell you something even the most ham-handed members of the state and mm. of the government when they come after you they come after with something mm. they have a kernel of something somewhere yeah you need to cover their bases at some point mm. Mm. right uh, so maybe this needs more from the bcci and that's the pressure that should come that you need to figure this out because this is this is such a disultry despicable and disgusting controversy for indian cricket to suffer from and i i thought mohammed kaif hit the tone and tenor of this perfectly yeah not, not in indian cricket we are not going to tolerate this you need to clean this stuff up immediately and let's not let's not forget indian cricket is truly the most pan indian thing ever in terms it transcends languages religions many barriers right you're watching the india england series just hit the uh, thing on hotstar and see how many languages the whole cricket coverage is simulcasted right so and to add to that like you know going back to tendulkar why he is so mammoth i mean 
Tendulkar is an icon at another level to yeah. any other athlete in this country's history. And people may not like to hear this. People may not, you know, so so like lazy lazy comparisons are drawn. Pujara and Kohli are like Dravid and Tendulkar. No, I'm sorry, they're not. They're not even good. They're really good, but they're not Dravid and Tendulkar. Dravid and Tendulkar should be the pride of Indian cricketing history. They, along with Gavaskar, along with Kapil Dev, along with now Ashwin and Kumble. These yeah. are the pride of Indian cricketing history. They they are. They'll sit in any pantheon of greats alongside anybody, and you can make an argument. And was not even the Indian, like the world cricketing history. Oh, right? no, but I'm saying in the pantheon of Indian cricket, uh, in the pantheon of cricketing history, they will sit there, right? Yeah. So, so Tendulkar became what he became. Why? Because the marketing grew so big. Why did the marketing grow so big? People casually say, "Oh, because cable television exported." But Sachin Tendulkar was revered in every single corner of this country. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's. Where does that lead to eventually? Now your cricketers coming from every corner of this country. Hmm. No, and one thing I'll tell you. Right. So, you you, no, you no, broke no. up for a second, Nikhil. If you can, if you can just repeat that point. Yeah. yeah no, so all I was saying was, now your cricketers coming from every corner of the country, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So you say it's a pan-Indian sport. It's not just a pan-Indian sport to viewership. It's a pan-Indian sport to participation. And participation mm -hmm. comes in many forms, one of which is viewership. The other is sending your kids to these training camps to, to play the sport everywhere and anywhere that you possibly can. The BCCI actually deserves a lot of credit for, in a sense, the democratization of cricket. They managed it yeah. for, from a very closed, shady, corrupt organization in the late 90s to early 2000s to something which is still fairly, I mean, it raises a lot of fingers against them, but they've got the democratization process really well. No, no, it's like the Churchillian quote, na? democracy is the worst, uh, like the best form of government because everyone, everything else sucks or something. <laughs> like that. Uh, uh, but no, I'll tell you, I'll complete this particular point with like uh, two points on this about Sachin. Right? First thing is that uh, some this is something that Bob Willis or some England player said that it's not about what just he does on the field. It's also what he does off the field. Which is why what makes Sachin great, right? He would sort of never react the way a Virat does or something. This is not comparing. This is just that's how he is. That is why whenever he went out to Australia, a place like Australia, crowds used to give him a standing ovation, even if he scored like five and got out, right? And um, they gave Sachin, standing ovations on two tours because the first one in 2007, they assumed it's his last one. They gave him a standing ovation through that tour. He popped yeah. back in 2011, they gave him a standing ovation through 2011. And by that, you know, it's, it's very touching as an Indian cricket fan. He would come out. I mean, he'd come out of that dressing room and start the walk. And they were all on their feet, instinctive. And it's a global thing. It happened in South Africa. It happened in England. It happens wherever he goes. That's the wherever scale. And my second thing is that people might say that he was he was on the TVs all the time on the 90s and stuff. And that's true for commercial and all. But you could not control why every Indian, as soon as Tendulkar got out, turned off the TV for a few minutes. Even if India was in a winning position, Voik natural instinct because he actually did ungodly things. And I was actually watching a very famous uh, game, the India Sri Lanka game in the 1996 World Cup, which was the end of Manoj Prabhakar's career. And India scored 270 odd. I 137, saw 137, 137. Yeah. So 137. There's a, there's a third umpire run out that was not given against him in, when he was 40 odd, boss. Uh, my, I still remember it in 90s. My heart dropped when I saw that replay. I was like, guy. Uh -huh. And exactly, well, India was 28 for something in 10 overs, and then Sachin took them to 217 50. I mean, just clear handedly. It's unbelievable the kind of things. Was from 96 to about 2000, 
94 to about 2003, 2004, which is quite a bit, 10 years, uh, that level, the batting quality is unreal. It's unreal. The thing with Tendulkar isn't statistics. It's, there'll be a brilliant ball board and then there'll be just the response will be this geometrically perfectly aligned back foot cover drive on the up and you just, it takes your breath away. You literally go like, whoa. Yeah, so it, it and you just get attached to what you're watching. Yeah, so geometrically correct is the perfect because in that way, him and Lata were very, him and Lata Mangeshkar are very similar. Lata Mangeshkar is also that, you know, that sur, that base, like if the Thank music, wo jo lagta hai, just, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, yeah. so moving on to uh, a couple of other topics and as we enter into our last 20-25 minutes, I want to first, first I have to address this. Or ye mere dimag mein this Have you seen this Englishman whining about the pitch in the India-England second test match where like every five I, minutes I, 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 I've been whining a bit about the pitch. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I love turners and, and wickets should turn. The red soil anyway allows for grip and the ball will turn. I, there's no doubt about it. What I don't like is yeah. chunks of the pitch coming off from like the first ball that was born. The first ball. Yeah. Boom. That's, that, that, that doesn't see. You can't. You know, people then turn around and say, and, and I don't know if you've noticed this trend throughout this test match, the pitch dies down in the second session. So if you make it to the second okay. session with some wickets in hand, you can get some runs going. The problem for England was on day two, they arrived into the second session, barely anything left. They had nothing in the tank, right? Yeah. But even then, in the second session, for a brief bit, uh, folks uh, looked comfortable. Pope looked comfortable. Very unlucky dismissal, but also simultaneously a brilliant dismissal because that catch is something else altogether. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Right? But the pitch didn't get him there. And the pitch probably wouldn't have in that second session. So, it, you know, those vagaries, I understand. So, what happens is today people will say, oh, but we scored so many runs on this pitch in our second session, in our second inning. But you were obliterated in that first session. Yeah. You were obliterated. And then it, the pitch naturally dies down in that second session for a while and you did better. Yeah. Right? So, I do have a problem with pitches that behave this way. And maybe this is something of a bias because I, honestly, I, I love the fast bowling skill more than the spinner skill. Yeah. Uh, so I, I can live with green tops more because green tops don't break. But no, no, but, I mean, no so green green tops are very pretty to look at, no? Because like they, they stay up and it's it's this beautiful lush green pitch which seems like a part of the outfield. Spinning wickets actually look very terrible because you have cracks and you have pitches. I personally love spinning no, wickets. But I, think, I think green tops do equalize things a bit, you know. Uh, all teams have decent fast bowlers. Eh? No, but you never know. The fast bowler finds his rhythm, finds his length. The Sri Lankan fast bowler can, can, can come and destroy England on a green top at Lords. No, but so I don't mind if there is one pitch in the series like this, right? I can understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think both of you, both of us know as cricket fans, we lost that first test and we were like, ha, what the, yeah, what? I have to bear it. So yes, screw so the rules on the pitch. We we're getting rid of the we're getting rid of the curator who made a firmer pitch. We're getting yeah. one. Which is old school, nobody in the world can beat us on this pitch kind of pitch. This is this is Azar Kumble Vadekar area. <laughs> where Venkatapati Raju and Rajesh Chauhan were world beating fast Yeah, yeah. When, when we, whenever a series, we, we'd always make sure the final test of a series was Kanpur. Good luck to you playing us in Kanpur or in Emdam. No, even Vankhede, which one like the No, no, even Mumbai, yeah, which was actually Vankhede. very no, go on. Yeah. Go on, go on, go on. No, I was no, saying so the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> he scored enough runs in Mankhede. 
you know runs get scored and one kid has another attribute to it because of the breeze those used to be open yeah. open stands now the new kid has shut those stands now there used to be open stands if you watch the 2001 series the first session of the 2001 uh, mumbai test between australia and india mm-hmm. you'll see the number of wickets damien fleming and magrav were getting because of swing and seam yeah right and as usual tendulkar comes out and suddenly all looks placid a few counter attacking boundaries the straight yeah. driving from tendulkar in those two 77s that he made man it's something of another level but you know those pitches don't bother me like that the one that bothers me from from one kid is the 2004 2005 it was just about to come into that that was a lottery sister michael no, clark was going to get a spinner no but usme bhi when sachin was scoring that 55 and hit probably the biggest six that has ever been hit in on the one kid because bradley still talks about it i was watching in an australia series yeah. like he smashed the ball and i was like ye gaya seedha jimkhanas mein इनक्रेडिबलिंग what ashwin did yesterday in terms of his bowling as well the, the variations of the same spot he will bowl different kinds of spin i mean you've got to love that no no and he scored a century right like century, so yeah. he is a very gritty customer like he just won't give up like that's yeah, so why I, I, I i've been saying this since the australia tour i think he's he's a monster of mentality man that guy's mentality i i you know there were times when he, in the middle of his career he was bowling too many variations so his efficacy had reduced yeah right but it takes and he was starting to bowl like silly shit he, he went into the ipl he was suddenly bowling leg spin at times what is this yeah. rubbish stick to the moment he sorted himself out and it takes you know some kind of humility and some kind of introspection to sort himself out and went back to the old off spinning stock ball and on a turning track on on a, on a turning track are the उटफीलोरीबडी and so you don't you, you're willing to compromise on the loss of the chances of an lbw and a bold to accommodate those 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 chances right yeah. but in india it's the off spinner actually on these trying attracts that brings more catchers into play because it's the off spinner who's likelier to get the glove or the pad and bring the closing catchers into play yeah. if he bowls a straighter one he brings the slip into play and he's anyway got lbw and bold so he the off spinner is the only one that brings every form of dismissal into play unlike a leg spinner that's why indians don't produce leg spinners we don't we've just never produced a great leg spinner on and you don't see hordes of indian kids even post worn wanting to bowl leg spin we just don't even we post- realize the utility just doesn't exist so abdul kader is an example of a great subcontinental leg spinner but he was a great continent subcontinental leg spinner with an outstanding googly you yeah. even as a leg spinner you can't do it without that surprise incoming delivery and it's got to be a high quality incoming delivery yeah, no and that is what made kumble the greatest in the last 10 years because he developed that googly because he struggled in outside of right. india 2003 when we went to australia that two finger googly came yeah. out which 
which on screen used to seem so obvious, but clearly not so detectable for batsmen because he got a lot of wickets with him. And he got Gilchrist so many out. And for yeah. me, why Kumble is amazing. I was watching the 2009 IPL where RCB and uh, Deccan Chargers were playing, and Kumble brings himself on the first over. And I'm telling my dad, I was like, "Boss, Googly is coming. Gilchrist is out the third ball to Googly." Right? That is the most. One thing I have to ask you, do you think in the redevelopment of Ashwin, those Kumble years as a coach helped? Because I think that's what helped. I think that's where his temperament did get sorted out because Kumble by default is a bowler's coach. Man, I, uh, I if you followed my tweets, ever, I'm no fan of Ravi Shastri. And huh? I think it was... Uh, Look, there are two things that to me define the Kohli captaincy, right? One is no Indian captain has had this scale of resources in both batting mm -hmm. as well as bowling, mm -hmm. right? No, I mean, and by that, and frankly, in particularly because of the bowling, I don't think any captain in the world has the level of resources that Kohli has had at his disposal at different times, yeah, right? And yet the results don't match up to that kind of resource allocation, right? And that's because from Test match after test match abroad, you can see obvious sectorial blunders. They're not errors. They're not 50-50 calls. They are blunders from dropping Ajinkya Rahane for the first test in South Africa, you know, to this persistent selection of Hardik Pandya, hoping that this is the next great all-rounder. In the media, upping him up and saying things like, this is the next Kapil Dev. Are you kidding with me, man? Or Prithvi Shaw. Oh. Again, you can go back to my Twitter timeline. 18 months I've been screaming, Shubman Gill is the next big thing. Shubman Gill is the next. Because I've seen this guy bat. Yeah. The moment he arrived to bat, before he had faced a ball in Australia, I said, okay, get ready. Your next great Indian batsman has arrived. And he will be. He, he just, he's got a little bit of ironing out to do, but it's just, he's the only one in this modern game from India who doesn't have this off-middle guard disease, first and foremost. Yeah. And he doesn't have the forward press. Yeah. Or the, yeah. Or the going yes. press. He he does what Tendulkar used to do, which is stay stable till the ball's delivered. And punch it. And punch. Right? So he minimizes error. And he's still an attacking batsman. And you know, we talk about Pant on that day five in Brisbane. Man, that morning innings by Shubman Gill dominated that session. And without him, we don't get started. I think the turning point was that Mitchell Stark over where Pujara hit two fours and Shubman Gill hit, hooked him for six and hit a boundary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was the turning point. That, that is that is pretty much the Shankna that we're coming for. Yeah, exactly. You know, not, you know this is not going to be an easy day. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, terrific um, thing. But as we get to the closure of the podcast... Um, yeah, but, but, but just to make a point, I would have loved for Kumble to continue. I don't buy this rubbish. Yeah, yeah. He was too disciplined. He was, he was too much of a disciplinarian. I think Kumble would not have made those same selection errors. I think we would have had a bigger pool of bowlers, maybe. And uh, I, I think younger cricketers would have developed very well. Because I think the Kumble Dravid supply line would be a terrific supply. I mean, for, for example, can you imagine on that ranked turner in Southampton, if Kohli went goes with three fast bowlers and one spinner, right? There is no limit to the times he's done these things. I mean, it was a square turn. It was as I look at RC and I hate IPL, okay? With a passion. I can't, I, I just. I cannot distinguish one match from the other. People say this was a thrilling chase. Every match seems like it's a thrilling chase to me. Oh. Yeah. It's the same to me. But I looked at that final, the semi-final, virtual semi-final last year. And I looked at and I, the team trainer said, he's messed with the batting order again. Why? With Kohli, I'm left scratching my head too often with why. Why did he do this? 
That World Cup in 2019, that disaster against New Zealand was two years in the making. You didn't yeah. settle on a number four for two years. And then you went with an all-round cricketer who you refused to play. You, for two years, two and a half years before that, you chose to attack in your bowling with two outstanding spinners. They got hit once on a short boundary by England. On a short boundary, by the way. And you dropped. So, what, what is your planning? What is the courage of your convictions? But you want to be all intent, intent, intent. I mean, this intent ke chakkar mein, I saw in South Africa, Murli Vijay's last series, Murli Vijay was more than competent test match opener who played excellent backs to the world innings against England in the preceding tour, yeah. 2016 or so, right? I've seen Murli Vijay take a middle and off guard and chasing balls outside off. This is not his game. I've never seen Murli Vijay take anything other than a leg, maybe a leg in middle guard and stay very straight on the stumps. Yeah. So these are the things that I think Kumble would look at and say, not needed. Not needed. Whereas Shastri would look at and say, yes, this is the intent with which we want to play. But the intent isn't everything. You've lost test matches and World Cups because of this misplaced idea of intent with no capacity for execution for it. And I'm going to tell one thing. I don't think, uh, I mean, they are, they are going to Ahmedabad where I don't think the wicket is going to crumble as much because uh, I don't think it will be the same wicket. Plus, in a day-night test match with a pink ball against Jamie Anderson, boss, it's not going to be easy to win this game. I, I, I listened to a fair few of these podcasts. I think the guy you were talking about in this context is a guy called Simon Hughes. Yes, uh, the, the analyst. The analyst. Yeah, the Analyst Podcast. And it's a great podcast otherwise. I love listening to the other side. And I also listen to Test Match Special with Michael Vaughan and uh, Jonathan Agnew. Jonathan Agnew is an absolute joy to listen to. Uh, and Simon Hughes is very good otherwise. But he he does have... Uh, he is very, you know, England first in oh. a certain sense. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. Uh, but I think he did jump the gun a little because he had to sort of look at the pitch and say, okay, but it's not doing so much in a second session. And more importantly, your batsman messed this up. You don't go in on a spicy wicket first up looking to sweep everything. There's just too much bounce for the sweep. Folks didn't. Folks used his feet and he batted really, really well. They might be able to do this now for a bit. I mean, I would... For the sake of the competitiveness of the series, I hope they don't get bundled out in like a session, session and a half. I hope they back out most of tomorrow. No, I mean, first of all, they, they did a dumb thing by sending a night watchman. What are you doing by sending a night watchman on a ranked turner? That poor bugger is not going to survive. He was out on the first ball and it was like such so obvious. Yeah, I'm like, then, then Root comes and plays out two hours. I'm like, this is how it's supposed to work. And, and I think the, I'm reminded of a Sachin quote where someone sent a night watchman and Sachin looked to the manager and he's like, can he bat better than me? And the manager is like, no. So like, why the hell did you send him there? Did he use a night watchman? I remember once or twice in his career, right? It's the same thing. He probably used a runner. The first time he used a runner in his entire life was that century innings against Pakistan. And he was immediately proved why he didn't want to run? His mind was about, yes, Allah, he's going Suddenly, you're not thinking about the stroke play, right? You're not this is, this, these are quirks, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't think night watchmen have been used that much recently, no? I mean, I, don't, I think teams have got past this rubbish. Unless they are... Unless they are tail-end batsmen of, of genuine batting quality. No. You know, because a lot of teams have that. 
I, I love Rahane as a captain, but he also had this dumb snafu uh, using Jaspreet Bumrah as a night watchman. The only problem was that happened to be Adelaide 2020. So, <laughs> everyone came like a, played like a night watchman. So, yeah. it was not Rahane. It was Kohli who used it. I forget. Kohli yeah. was the captain. Dumb shittery is always Kohli. Kohli, yeah. <laughs> <But> you, <laughs> I, I don't forget. But um, uh, Kerry O'Keefe, and uh, contrary to a lot of what other people see, I find Kerry O'Keefe very entertaining because I find him. Hilarious, he's hilarious. No, he's the Australian Sunny Gavaskar. What yeah. Sunil Gavaskar comes and riles everyone up. So Sunil Gavaskar was on Hindi commentary yesterday and he said this wonderful line. I didn't uh, uh, listen to it, but I read it on Twitter where he said, ke, uh, unko rone to pitch ke mein. Hame bhi kya hai ki agar aap New York or New Zealand, not New York, New Zealand or England, to aisi pitch aati hai jahan aisa lagega ki guy or bell charne a jayenge. Itna ghaas hota hai pitch pe. To usme kya hota? <laughs> and then he goes on a rant. But my point is, you will have a couple of jingoistic commentators, which is what makes cricket fun. Not everyone needs to be a very unbiased storyteller, or not everyone needs to be as boring as the current commentary team is. Yeah, they put me to sleep. The oh, uh, I think dissing Sanjay Manjurekar is a national pastime nowadays in Indian cricket fans. Yeah. And he is such a panoti. He comes on and disasters will strike. Disasters will strike. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, uh, 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 but in the last 10-15 minutes, I want to talk a little bit about another thing that has caught, uh, dominated the news this week. Is the whole farmer's law and then, you know, you had the Sharavi arrest and so forth. And um, what the weird thing that has happened since then is they have used that arrest to... Uh, sort of make a point that about how Claudia Webb and others were thinking about gender and climate justice and all that nonsense, right? You have the irony. The ironic thing is, and and uh, Claudia Webb is a member of Parliament from Leicester East in in England. And to give you perspective, what has happened is um, she was a very Corbyn, big Jeremy Corbyn supporter. Leicester East is a Labour constituency where Keith was. It's an Indian-dominated constituency. Uh, has once had one since 1987. I mean, that's an insane run, right? Almost 33 years. Um, and then um, uh, Bhupendra Dave, uh, 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 I think he's a British Gujarati, if I'm not mistaken, who has come, uh, who, was, who was the conservative candidate, actually made a lot of forays. And Claudia Webb only won that seat by 6,000 votes. So she thinks by taking this maximalist position, she's going to get the, you know, the uh, the far the extremist Sikh vote in London, which might lean towards the whole Khalistan idea and the uh, Pakistani British Pakistani vote, and basically uh, sp uh, split it along that line because the conservatives are coming for Leicester East and they hope that they can swing it back. So, I think that is where this is all coming from. And the irony is, in her campaign, she, when she was questioned on her stance on Kashmir, because she is one of those people who said about self determination of Kashmir and stuff, she said, Let's talk about internal issues in this election. And she's proceeding to do exactly the opposite in here. So, this is the perspective. One is the merits, demerits of the Disha Ravi arrest or something, which, you know, is uh, it may have been ham-handed. We, we are not so sure. We are not sure about the facts of the case. But the second thing is, you talk about climate justice and you support people who do stubble burning. What logic is this? These are not thinkers. They are label makers. They yes. have to talk in only these labeled kind of language. They have to use these labels to catch their own attention, frankly. Otherwise, they don't feel like they've done any uh, logical contribution to anything. Self-determination. You know, they, 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 this has been dealt with by international courts for a long time. Anybody who wants to understand the law of self-determination should read the West Africa cases. Self-determination as a concept was developed almost entirely in the context of colonialism and yeah. imperialism. 
right this is not as if the the breadth to the principle of self determination that these people come up with you know that famous joke in india uh, usa ulasnagar uh, sindhi <laughs> sindhi right so <laughs> ulasnagar can have its own sovereignty also because the concept is like this we have a territory we are a people this is not the way self determination works so i only bring it out to say these people don't know what they say Hmm. right and so therefore i treat them on those kinds of merits yeah you will absolutely never ever find me responding to quote tweeting talking about you know claudia web or you know, boris johnson's doing our job on this count who's that uh, there was a sikh mp who had raised the same issue in the house of lords on the house of commons i think spotted <laughs> away by boris johnson why why are we why, why should we engage with all this let it yeah. go let it go it doesn't matter so my my think about the but but so you know to the larger issue that you're raising and and i think what you were driving at is and this is where i think these kinds of cases become well there's something to certainly observe and they are interesting sedition law hmm. in india has always been about incitement to violence that's the norm that we've set up that <sighs> the law of sedition requires an incitement to violence a direct incitement hmm. uh, but all those cases they originated in the context of individuals who were sloganeering against india hmm. right so you don't have this threat of any incendiary violence coming from some random person making these kind of comments so this, it was a very easy legal policy choice for the supreme court to turn around and say what what is this this is free speech there is no direct incitement there is no threat right hmm. now if you have a mass movement in the context of that if you're making certain comments and those comments have the capacity of riling people so you know to this end if people are also pushing for this they may want to look at what kapil mishra's comments were in the context of the 2019 uh, 2000 uh, january 2020 delhi riots right because he may also be speaking in generalities but that may have led to consequences when he's doing it in the context of an impassioned crowd hmm. right and that is similar to what they are trying to prove in these kinds of cases here but largely what it looks like in disha ravi's case looks to me like the first time they want to go and attack the concept of info wars sai wars through the use of sedition without therefore having any need or any basis for turning to the concept of incitement to violence mm. certainly not direct incitement to violence mm. Mm. and i you know amongst friends i had told them that the moment the toolkit came out i was actually trying to be on an enforced twitter break but that toolkit came out and i said this is just this is rubbish right because i'll tell you what it was the toolkit by itself doesn't bother me these are i i've been a corporate lawyer in america toolkits are like che- checklists for me when you, you form checklists to do or to execute certain things right but this toolkit comes out uh, and it comes out in early january and it sets timelines and then you get this horrendous and this was the thing that really got me this horrendous global hashtag about prime minister wishing to commit genocide against farmers which is extremely incendiary extreme incitement right it, i mean it was very bad yeah that comes then the violence on the 26th of january yeah or or one or the other comes before whichever it was right when you add all of these things up i was sitting there thinking hmm i generally come out always in support of free speech mm-hmm. uh but i thought this is starting to get to a point where certainly under indian law but generally under the laws of a lot of countries you're going to have a problem with 
disaffection laws to the state, mm -hmm. treason laws or, or, or laws of that sort. It's starting to reach that limit now. Yeah. Because these things are starting to connect. Now, having said that, when it comes to Bishara, we, we don't have enough spark. You can't take it to toolkit. Because if that's all you have, and the toolkit is in fairly general language, mm. where how do you draw the evidentiary connection between the moment she said the toolkit, she she edited the toolkit, to sort of violent actions that occurred, to her being contribute her contributing to this genocide hashtag, so on and so forth, right? So it can't be just the toolkit. You have to connect further. Correct. Now. That brings me to what has been one of my bugbears. I've done podcasts on this in the past. I've, I've tried to argue this in courts. We have a very uh, oppressive criminal procedure system mm. where the arrest comes first and the evidence comes later, and sometimes the evidence never arrives at all. Mm. Right? In a lot of countries, particularly Western democracies, because they're investigative procedures have evolved to that degree, the rule is generally within 48 hours of arrest, you have to charge a person. If you fail to charge them, if you have insufficient evidence up within 48 hours of arrest, you have to release them. So they don't end up with these systems of going to go and get bail from a magistrate every single time. Mm. Right? The police can do it themselves. Yeah. We also have bailable, non-bailable cases, but, the, but, but bailable cases are extremely... Uh, Minor, mostly minor, and non-bailable, virtually everything else. Uh, so it's an oppressive system in as much as you have now arrested, you put over five days police custody. When somebody makes the argument that she needs to be investigated, I'm totally on board because I look at that toolkit and I look at certain ensuing events, I'm on board. But does she need to be arrested and her liberty curtailed? Because I know what happens. Five days, judicial police custody pass, right? Some, the police will come out and say, she is now, we want more custody, magistrate may deny, five days is a lot, we're not giving you more, and she's sent to judicial custody. Mm -hmm. As, you know, standard operating procedure, sent to judicial custody. Judicial custody is your Tihar jail, your Arthur, court, Arthur Road jail, etc. Mm -hmm. Police custody is when you're kept in the thana. Mm -hmm. And you can be called upon to ask questions or answer, answer sorry, answer questions at any point. Anytime, yeah. Right? Now you're sent to this judicial custody. And for the first 14 days of that judicial custody period, it's like the police have a cash card. They can go investigate other elements of this case. And until those 14 days expire, 30 days expire, they can come back and say, we have net 14 days of police custody we can take over that 30 day period. We've taken five, we'd like two more. Because we found this, we need to ask her all of this. The judge will allow it. But potentially allow it, potentially deny it, whatever. <laughs> but once you send it to the university and with this system, 30 days, you can forget about bail. Right? So once you get into this kind of system, your, your liberty is compromised for quite an extended period of time. Let me give you another example. A poor girl in, in Bangalore who had, who had raised those silly uh, long-lived Pakistan, Pakistan Zindabad slogans in a, in, a, in, in a rally where OAC was present. Mm. Right, they just got so communalized. I mean, some twenty-one-year-old girl. She was, she was in jail for six months. Aren't <laughs> so the problem is: yes, she must be investigated. Yeah. Yes, please look at whatever whatever information you want to find in relation to the toolkit. Yeah. But our system is so oppressive in the way in which it goes about this that there is a simultaneous power in the hands of the police validly exercised to investigate. 
and a simultaneous demolition of your fundamentals yeah so that that difference is the key that when when they do what and but coming to the closure of the discussion is the whole farm laws bill so my my whole thing was ki if there is nothing found actually give her a microphone and allow her to say what she did because there is a clip floating around where she was putting out her views and it was so dumb i mean i'm sorry there is no other way it was just so ridiculous i'm like isko bolo jo bolna hai and put that clip out on twitter that this is her perspective the biggest argument against her is her speaking and getting a perspective because we were talking before the podcast nikhil the farm laws are probably the bigger a bigger thing you were saying than even the narasimha rao reforms of 1991 because those were made out of a like india didn't have a choice right you do the reform or you perish the farm laws may india did have a choice to go back to the socialist sort of thing and and this this um, this uh, this last Six weeks have been interesting. It even prompted someone like a Shekhar Gupta and T N Nayanand to come out and say that, "Boss, this is this might be our first private enterprise. Like this might be our first market-friendly government in the history of India, which says that being a private player is not a crime, right? The, the, because abhi privatization was like India's support towards Israel since 19 till 95. We are not even acknowledging, but we still want them. So same way, India was not even acknowledging that private industries matter, matter, but you still want them. So I don't know." what is the perspective on that yeah so uh and what a turn around by the modi government huh? was so like oh God. the first six years first and then was so long ago not the yeah, first yeah what are they up to what, what, what is where is this economic yeah the first six years yeah, and now the six years the first budget after winning was the most appalling budget right that was the one with the csr criminalization and and all kinds of things yeah. it was madness that budget and they had to basically backtrack on everything and for the, for to be hearing in lockdown they passed these farm laws they passed that labor reform code and i would urge everybody to uh, to to read a thread by uh, this really bright girl called sargun kaur uh, and i think she goes by the twitter handle at sargun k which maps statistically the immediate impact of labor reforms on employment rates in rajasthan It's a stunning thread, and it makes an elaborate and important case, right? That's labor reform, important element to all of this, because what happens is agricultural reform. The idea is you're going to move people out of agriculture as a result of this. You're going to make agriculture productivity more efficient. You're going to make its sale more efficient. You're going to put a better price in the hands of the farmer. And if you read enough about this today, the the theory is the farmer gets twenty eight percent of the consumer price. So you're going to increase that, and you put better prices in the hands of farmers. But you, that will still not be sufficient to sustain 50% of the population within agriculture. So they'll start moving out, and if they start moving out, and you don't have labor reform, then you're going to have a choke within the economy again. Absolutely. Right? So all of these things go hand in hand, and these are seminal moments. And I, so you know, you have your again. People keep saying we have the right to protest. So what has he stopped you from protesting? You've laid siege to the city. What problem is it? Why are they doing this? other than this one case of that farmer who fell off the tractor that's a controversial case because there's a there's a petition pending in the high court saying he was shot first hmm. okay there is not a single other reported case of a round of bullets being fired by the delegates in fact the indian government has been remarkably accommodating i just right. don't, i i don't think this would happen anytime else with any other protest in any of this state which is what upset, makes me upset about the illiteracy of some of these people right whether it be justin trudeau or the others saying the right to protest first and foremost there is no general right to protest with nothing underlying yeah. i mean this is not a walk in the park yeah you can't go uh, disrupt civil society because you feel like protesting what nothing you have no idea what 
That's not good enough, right? But secondly, you've been allowed to protest. So you keep tweeting about in support of protest, of the right to protest in some vague generality, like we are idiots. Mm. You come in and you say, oh, I only support the right to protest without giving my, uh, to, without giving my tuppence on the actual cause of the protest. Mm-hmm. Who are you fooling here? Who are you fooling? Exactly. We know you're dealing with your internal constituencies, right? Yeah. So uh, when I when I see all of these things together, I I really start to wonder what are people supporting? Why are they doing mm-hmm. it? And mm-hmm. is this only all about Modi? It, yeah, essentially that's what it is. And and uh, the the funny thing is right now when you have this Mina Harris and others tweeting about it in America, Mina Harris ka case yoga ki she banne chale thi Priyanka Gandhi ban gaye Robert Vadra. That's what it seems like because she wanted to be. You're talking about the LA Times uh, article. Exactly. That's the, because no, again, be... again, Mina Harris is the kind of situation at which my first response is I don't care. Boss, no, I'll tell you this though. It's very interesting. The reason why. It's not that about the article that surprised me. I, I suspected this article to come out within the next one or two years because her aunt still wants to get elected president and she does not want to. I almost feel like why it was chosen to be published in LA Times. Right? This could have been published by any other uh, profile. But it's interesting that she is trying to become the AOC of California by taking all these causes. And LA Times, one of the biggest newspapers of California, is what publishes this article. So, so, so California is an interesting state that way, right? Loose through and through, but for so long and, and for such a sustained period, Schwarzenegger was there for so long. It's a very interesting yeah. state, California. And it has, it still has more Republican, the five and a half Republican million voters voted for Trump. And yeah, it yeah. can actually, it, it probably if Trump was not there and it was a centrist Republican, that number would have gone up to six, six and a half million. There's and a, that's enough to tip it over. No, not tip it over, but to, uh, it over, but enough to uh, cause a dent in congressional laces and governor yeah, races. Yeah. I mean, let's not forget Arnold won the state twice as a Republican nominee. Yeah. By the way, they they did make a dent to the congressional races. I mean, they, they bought the houses. Yeah. So so absolutely. But before we end up, and and that's that's what, like I said earlier, guys, uh, you know about the whole Rinku Sharma thing. I'm waiting for the facts to come out, and we'll do a detailed podcast on this. But there is one point where I do see. Can I, can I say something on the Rinku Please go on. Please please. So I I saw a couple of videos which are testimonial videos by her, his father, yeah, uh, his grandmother, I think, and his yeah. brother. And I say they're testimonial because they're also eyewitness accounts, hmm. right? And those eyewitness accounts fly totally in the face of the theory being propounded by the Delhi police. Yeah. And I don't understand this dichotomy. Hmm. I don't get why this is being done in the way in which it is being done, right? Uh, if it is a hate crime, it's a hate crime. You have to call it that. You can't underplay yeah. these things. This, right? And, and that's yeah, what and I, happened here. As an offense, are they, they, there appears to be no doubt about the identity of the people that have committed the crime. Yeah. Uh, they are, in fact, the ones that are arrested. Nobody appears to be absconding. So, you know, maybe the Delhi police feels that, look, if it isn't a hate crime or is a hate crime, it doesn't matter. We're going we're gonna to convict them anyway. Mm. Right? So it doesn't matter. No, but, but it does. Have... Uh, sorry, go on. Yeah, sorry. No, I said it does matter. Yeah, it does. No, and we cannot come up with this old Sharad Pawar theory where he said that he very invented a bomb blast to make sure that to give that, Acha, you know, I don't want any communal violence or something. Boss, the state, I think, should 
be ready to prepare like to stop this from happening if there is a flare up but the state cannot just like you know not talk about the facts also and i i don't agree with bracketing the same thing together but i do see the merit in the point of a lot of people who are saying that why is it okay for you to outrage at the arrest of disha ravi but not even to say a word about rinku sharma if you are in the business of covering news or in the profession of journalism we are commentators right hum log we are not journalist we'll talk about issues and even we are talking about both the issues but if you are a journalist if you are a news in the news media organization if you see it if if you see i'll talk about one and not then it, you're not a journalist then you're just an ideologue who's talking about ideology i i am a bit confused about that they're not connected cases at all right uh, I, i think what we what we're talking about here is that you should be covering everything and you yeah. should be covering it, covering it with the same zeal and the same same pursuit of truth that you would cover not even that like have a, have a proper report have a factual report i don't want i i don't want rajdeep sardesai to do a 9 to 10 show if he doesn't no, want no, to no no i tell you what they end up doing and then you hit the nail on the head on this they just kind of say but this is what the delhi police is saying we're not looking behind this boss yeah. in hatras you want to go dig deeper and deeper in uh, this other one you want to dig deeper and deeper bring the same zeal to this there are testimonial videos right in front of you how do you square that up with what the delhi police is saying why don't you go to the delhi police and, and uh, haul them over hot coals saying is this a hate crime or not why are, why is the family saying this do you have evidence of the fact that in fact months ago uh, and for several months these these uh, campaigns had been initiated in the region in the in the area for uh, collecting funds for the ram mandir is that what upset people i mean come on this is this is journalism. yeah like this, this harsh mandar and crew do this karwai mohabbat why doesn't he take his karwai mohabbat crew and talk to the family now and see what their perspective is right like do they i mean yeah i mean this is this is my pers- this is my point na ki uh, they talk about tyranny of distance but today they are not talking about something that's in the backyard in delhi <laughs> they are talking something arshmandar ke paas bhi ek toolkit hoga aur us toolkit mein funding ke alag rules honge absolutely those funding rules don't accommodate rinku sharma that's 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 actually true but uh, while i end i we always end with one uh, recommendation um any book movie tv show series that you've seen heard read about and you want to discuss or just recommend to our listeners or viewers yeah i'll do a i'll do a netflix series and a book um on the netflix series just because i've spoken a lot about investigative abilities and how investigation is to be conducted one of the best that i've seen in terms of how it's presented in the uk at least is a, is the netflix or the line of duty i think that's what it is you've just got to look at the investigative uh, interviews that they conduct they're just fantastic i mean that's the kind of policing you'd want to see right uh, and as a book this year i am all i have done is at the start of the year first january my gift to myself was vivek debroy's mahabharat uh, unabridged translation yeah. and uh, you know before you even get into the main story because once you start reading it in this format it's just this is no you know pr chopra let's <laughs> be clear it's just so comprehensive right but if you just read the introduction it's so brilliant it's so deep and yet it's so simple and i would highly recommend that people get out of this and, and read this as well as they can it i think it's a sort of reading project that will take a year you know at least yeah. a year so it's totally yeah, worth no, it and i don't even credit by the way br chopra for mahabharat uh, for the lines i do pandit narendra sharma and rahi masoom raza what no, right. probably wait well, it's a show that still stands up why if you watch it even now absolutely and I, I, but but you can see dr raza and pandit narendra sharma's influence in the words that because they slip into their movie writing 
दो दिन के लिए आ जा हमारा टीवी शो चल रहा है But anyways, my recommendation is actually going to be a Netflix show called Criminal uh, United Kingdom. Yeah, I watched. I watched Criminal as well. Yeah. So, so you, because, maybe the line of duty is more dramatic because Criminal is only the interview, but yeah. the line of duty has the events around which show you the offence itself, and then therefore the questioning and the manner in which the questioning arrives. Exactly. So it's more sort of more masala to it and more fun to watch. Exactly. So th- that's why I gave the prequel and the sequel both. Since you gave yeah, the yeah. sequel, I gave the prequel. Just the interview itself. But both are fascinating watches and give you a very different per- and some of the British series. Really, it's, it's about, I mentioned it only because I wish at some point we are at that investigative standard so that we can protect our fundamental rights better because today the jurisprudence of this country is compromising uh fundamental rights at the altar of accepting that your police is limited and your institutional capacity state capacity is limited no no and and one last thing i'll want to leave with and hopefully then we'll get our judicial shows and this is probably pet peeve where it's not like uh, you don't need the uh, have the urge to insert forceful humor with the judge like, yeah. like i don't I, i never watch an english show where a judge is joking around or something right because saurabh shukla played a phenomenal judge in jolly llb and jolly llb 2 they feel like they are going to insert this humor into every single legal show that is made or you i mean and so i mean you are a lawyer so you can tell me if i'm wrong or not some of the lawyer based shows in india are absolutely appalling like my sister is a lawyer and try pulling those stunts in a court even in a magistrate's court try pulling them see what happens to you yeah yeah they are like suits taken on like narcos or something like that understand uh, magistrates the older ones at least they are exactly like your father or your principal who wears a dark thing when they get pissed off they'll scold you in exactly that tone and tenor and it doesn't matter how old you are you are you're below them yeah, you exactly. feel all this doesn't work absolutely but thank you so much nikhil for joining i know we've gotten about 15 20 minutes over there but this was great fun discussing i hope thank you so much arth i really enjoyed myself and i hope we can do it again in the future very soon hopefully uh, well all you guys please like us on facebook follow us on twitter subscribe to us on youtube and do check out nikhil's tweets at tweets at twitter call and his perspective on many issues that dominate the world and especially while the india england series is going on watch us bantering on twitter all the time so thank you all and we'll be back soon next next week